happy Friday, everybody. You hear the music. Time now for our second of our bi-weekly Berkshire Hathaway podcasts. And gracing us in the studio again this week. That's twice this week. How about that? Your realty expert, John Brodeen, back in the studio. Morning, John. How are you, man? That's a good intro. I could get used to that. Yeah, you like that one, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I know you're busy. I know you're heading, are you going to Sioux Falls or something this yep, weekend? Yep, yep. Uh, big tournament. Yes. Going to go beat some people up or go grapple Hopefully. or, yeah. you know, um, uh, you know, when we had you on the, the show uh, earlier this week and you said it's more grappling, yep. um, you don't wear a singlet, do you? No singlet. Okay, no. good. <laughs> I don't think I'd be doing it if I had to do that. Yeah, that'd be kind of odd, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't even know why they do that for high school wrestling anymore. (laughs) I know. I mean, uh, you could put, well, yoga pants on, I guess. We wear shorts. We wear shorts and and like an Under Armour Mm t-shirt. Hey, why not? I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Put these on so I can actually hear you. (laughs) Um, So the... I mean, we don't need to get too into this, but jujitsu and you, it's grappling. What's the difference between that and, say, judo? Uh, very similar. So judo focuses more on like the stand up and like the takedowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you score points and you can win the match in judo off of a takedown. Um, but you can also win by an, a, a submission in judo. The difference is in judo, they stand them up after I think like 30 seconds on mm-hmm. the ground. So you don't get much, there's, there's less emphasis on ground fighting. Oh, um, okay. Jujitsu is more emphasis on ground fighting. So once you are on the ground, getting to a, a good position and then getting to a submission. Um, that's what jujitsu is all about. So well, that seems to make more sense to me. Judo, judo people automatically have a great head start if they start jujitsu. Same thing with wrestlers. Anybody who's done a grappling sport. I was going to say that yeah. sounds kind of similar to wrestling. It is, yeah. So judo is more like you know wrestling. Judo has the the uniform, the gi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think now in judo you're not allowed to grab the legs. Um, oh, okay in like Olympic judo. So in wrestling, in like freestyle wrestling, you can do a takedown where you grab their legs, mm-hmm. lift them up, take them down. Were you a wrestler back in the day? No, but I, but I, now that I've been doing jujitsu for a few years, I, I wish I would have Yeah, because you know, you have to learn wrestling and judo and jujitsu. Um, and if, if you would have had a background in that, you would have had to head a big head start. So, okay. Uh, maybe yeah. we should get you on the show one time and talk about this stuff. Yeah. We could have a jujitsu show because uh, I suppose we should really talk about what we're here to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are a realty <laughs> expert with Berkshire Hathaway, John. Yeah. Um, a yeah. couple of questions for you. Uh, first off, let's start with best month to buy a house and why not best month to sell a house? Is there such a thing? Yes. So there is a such thing. Um, the chances of timing it perfectly are slim and most people have to buy a, a house uh, and sell a house basically at the same time if they own a house. Yep. So being able to sell at the perfect time and then buy at a perfect time, unlikely. But if you're trying to plan out your purchase or sale, here here's some pretty good stuff to know. Um, so... I'll go back over the last five years. So when you, you want to sell when there's the fewest months of inventory. Okay. Um, months of inventory is basically the the amount of uh, the number of transactions that happen relative to the uh, number of listings that are on the market, right? So you want to you wanna sell when the most transactions are happening and when the fewest listings are on the market. Um, so the, the month that was the strongest seller's market this year, it was later in the year than normal. It was June. Um, in 2019, it was April. 2018, it was April. 2017, it was March. Uh, 2016, it was April. 2015, it was March. So the, the month when there's the most, uh, the most number of pendings going through um, relative to the least amount of inventory on the market is usually in that 
early to mid spring. This year was obviously different. Yep. So that's going to be your ideal time to, to list a house for sale, because that means there's the most buyers out there and the fewest other listings that you're competing against. Your best chance of getting multiple offers, best chance of getting more money for your house. Now, if you're a home buyer, you want fewer buyers that you're competing against and sure. you want more options on the market. Okay. Uh, so the highest months of inventory uh, in it's it's almost always the winter months. Uh, January uh, of 2020, so far in 2020, has been uh, the highest months of inventory. Uh, last year was a little unusual. Uh, last year it was October uh, because there was really high inventory in October last year, I believe. Um, then the year before it was December. Uh, so 2018 it was December. Uh, 2017 it was December. 2016 it was December. 2015 it was December. So those are you know fewer people making offers on homes during the holidays. There's still options out there. Um, you know the so and then the other thing that you look at sometimes usually the month where it's the most pendings that go through is, is also the month where there's the least uh, relative inventory, but sometimes it's a little off. So, you know, if you have a, like, if you're a seller, you don't automatically just want to be selling during the month that has the most activity happening because if you might have two months that are very similar in activity, but one month has a lot fewer listings on the market, that's the month that you want to be selling during. Um, okay. Because that's an even better chance. So like, um, April was the lowest months of inventory, 3.81 months of inventory. That means it would take 3.81 months with the rate at which houses were selling for all of the inventory to sell. Anything below six months is a, a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, but May had the most pendings go through um, with 82 pendings going through. So in, in 2019, so those two things didn't match up in 2019. Same with uh, the least pendings. So normally the highest uh, months of inventory so the best buyers market is when the least pendings go through um, so in in uh, 2019 it was October that was due to really high inventory but the fewest pendings went through in December only 34 homes went pending in December um, and then same thing with the least pendings um, they didn't match up in 2015 either uh, the the slowest month for pendings in 2015 was January, but the highest relative inventory was December. But you get the picture. Winter months typically are the strongest buyer's market. And then once it transitions into early spring, that's when it starts becoming uh, the strongest seller's market. Okay. March, April, May. So your numbers kind of reflect... Um People just don't really like to move in the winter, do they? No. And, and I get that, uh, especially December. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's your turn to host Christmas. Yeah. Well, but nobody wants to try to get ready for that when they're moving into a new house or, yeah. or you know, selling their, their house. Um, so uh, things do change with the seasons then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm assuming that's like for the Grand Forks and yep. surrounding community. I mean, that would be totally different if you lived in like California. It'd be totally different. Oh, yeah. There might still be something just because of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live in California, I'm sure people, there's still going to be, people are going to be less likely to be moving during the school year versus during the summer. Or, oh. sell, or selling when everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a whole lot. They've got more more things to worry about there. Yeah. <laughs> We've just got frigid temperatures that yeah, and, and, are not on fire. And when you mention Arizona after the election, there's probably going to be people moving out of Arizona now. Might be. Yeah, might be. So, um, and the other thing, so like active listings is something interesting to look at. 
this will show you when there's the most active listings on the market and when there's the least. Um, you know, the, and this is something interesting to look at all the way from 2015, the fewest active listings in 2015 on the market was March. Um, and then it got all the way up to the least active listings in 2019 was December, 252 listings on the market. And so far, October is the month with the fewest listings so far in 2020 with 214 listings on the market. Wow. So you saw four years in a row where you know, the average number of listings, the lowest at, uh, number of listings, the highest number of listings, that number was rising in every category up until, you know, last year. And mm-hmm. now it's starting to drop again. So how does the realty world change with the seasons then? I mean, I would imagine there, it, it, it would be like almost owning a store yeah. where you got to take your inventory out, put the new inventory in for fall, spring, summer, winter. Is it that way too in the realty world? Yeah. And people are pretty pretty wise to the to the seasonal nature of our real estate market you know um so it's 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 become something you know there's a pattern here people start to look for a house in in april you know if you want to go off these averages april is the month where people start to look for houses um more houses start to hit the market around then uh, the highest amount of active listings on the market is usually late summer usually the fewest active listings on the market uh, is you know uh, winter time the fewest pendings is almost always in the winter so the best time to buy a house is typically in the winter months or the late fall and best time to be a seller is going to be that early early spring through early summer mm-hmm. as, as are there any downfalls with buying or selling in the winter i mean it, it seems like okay yeah, you say that's probably the good time to buy but yeah um so the downsides there there might be fewer listings on the market but there's dramatically fewer buyers in the market so Mm -hmm. there's fewer buyers that you're competing against Um, if you're looking for a really specific type of home you might be less likely that that's going to hit the market during the winter but otherwise everything swings in the favor of the buyer during during those months Mm -hmm. less you know less buyers to compete against now would there be a problem uh you have a guy come and look at your house because you want to put it on the market and it's Mm -hmm. middle of winter are there things they can't see you know that might need to be fixed because they're buried under three feet of snow i mean like roof would be a great example i was just about to say that and and then how if they you basically are told you can't put this house on the market till this stuff is fixed what do you do? Try to find a roofing company that's going to come out in the middle of winter, or do you have to wait till spring? I mean, you know, and, and these are the things we talked about last uh, on Wednesday when you were in the show, uh, how you should, if you're thinking about buying or selling, should get a hold of you months in advance. Yeah. And these are one of those little things that could sneak up on you. Yep. There are certain things that are going to be hidden in the winter. Um, you know, there's certain things that are going to be hidden in the winter that might be to your advantage because like let's say your your landscaping on your house really doesn't look very good mm-hmm. um, that's harder to tell when when there's a bunch of snow on the ground um, so if it's not something you plan to improve you know winter right you know it's it's going to be less of a contrast between a house that has beautiful landscaping and a house that has hardly any landscaping mm-hmm. it's because there's so would, much snow on the ground i right? would definitely be selling my house in the winter <laughs> <laughs> so you've got some work to do on your landscaping yeah, yeah it's you not know, good. <laughs> a roof is something you really can't hide and that's that's something you know you're going to have to disclose how old the roof is if it needs to be replaced you're probably looking at giving some sort of a roofing allowance mm-hmm. it's not ideal but you got to do something like that because you need to you know you want to sell a quality product and um, you don't want to 
you're, you're you know you're not going to be able to hide something like that yeah. and that's not the way you want to play and, and you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of winter anymore i used to be used to be my favorite season um I do have a nice yard, yeah, but I do like it when the snow comes because I've been lacking a little bit. I, I don't have a yard, John. I have a dog pasture. Oh, so yeah, between my yeah. three dogs, my neighbor's two dogs, my other neighbor's two dogs, um, the snow kind of helps helps me out a little bit. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Well, you'd be surprised how much it can add up. Just these some of these little things, like at, for instance, in my house, I put up a fence in the backyard yep. because we had dogs and. You know, I knew what the cost of the fence was going to be, but then when I went to stain it, staining it almost mm-hmm. cost more money than putting up the fence itself. I mean, it yeah. would just soak it up, and yeah. that next thing I know, I'm going back to the store three, four, five times to buy these $50 gallon pails, and I was just like, man. I- People who have never done it, they, they don't know how expensive a fence is. So if it's something <clears throat> where you've got buyers, uh, or sorry, where, where you're a buyer and you've got dogs, tell me, hey, fence is really important to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. help you find a house with a fence because that could be a, a deal breaker for you, you know. Instead of the nice thing is buying a house with a fence, you get that fence included. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, you only have to put three percent down, mm-hmm. so you're financing that fence. Even if even if it's built into the price, you're financing that fence over thirty years on a sure. great interest rate. Yep. Versus if you buy a house and you have to put a fence up, you've got to make your down payment, and then you've got to cough up the ten grand or whatever it's going to cost you to put the fence up mm-hmm. on top of it, and have to come out of pocket with way more cash. So. It's a great idea. If that's important to you, talk to me about it because I can explain the pros and cons of buying a house that needs a fence and putting it up and the pros and cons of, uh, you know, um, buying one with one already. I would imagine that a fence is got to be a big seller. Many, many years ago, I lived in California and I don't think I ever saw a neighborhood where every single backyard was fenced in. Yeah. And, and when I was out there, this was like the mid 80s. I'm thinking... Oh, this is, I don't like this. You can't even see your neighbors, whatever, whatever. But then after you live there for a while, you start to realize, oh, I don't want to see my neighbors in the first place. But you know what? Uh, fences aren't just for dogs, yeah. uh, but for kids. Yeah. I mean, the world has changed. Yep. It's nice when you have got a, a fenced-in backyard where you know your, your child can't get out or maybe people can't get in. Yeah. So yep. I would think a, a fenced-in yard now, especially a backyard, that's got to be a pretty big selling point. Yeah, and it is, especially, like you said, people with kids, dogs. Um, depends on what the neighborhood is like, too. You know, if, if all the houses, there's certain neighborhoods that, um, like uh, the like the hill streets, like mm-hmm. Circle Hills um, and those other streets, they have the, the big slope in the backyard. So you don't see a ton of fences on those streets. Right, yeah. Um, and, it, and it looks kind of nice when there's not. But then there's other neighborhoods where every single house has one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's something that it's going to be on a case by case. But you could you could do such nice stuff with a fenced in backyard because you can put you know like a retaining wall around the outside with yep. some really nice landscaping and make it a really nice entertaining area. Um, it gives you lots of options. Like you were mentioning, the landscape like fencing is is a kind of an expensive thing to do. Landscaping, on the other hand, is one of the highest bang for your buck things that you can do for a house. Okay, um, because it's it's people make a decision if they like the house or not, as they're walking up to the house in, in some cases, but in a lot of cases. So landscaping is one of the few things where you can get more than a dollar for dollar back on, on the amount of money you spend. Like it's pretty normal for, you know, to get like 80 cents on the dollar back, like mm-hmm. you spend a dollar, it increases your house value by 80, 80 cents. Sure. Um, there's, there's situations where that's not the case, but with landscaping, you, you, there's situations where you can get over one for one back um, because it 
changes the curb appeal of the house so dramatically. It makes it look like the house was well cared for, well yeah. maintained. Um, it's one of the areas where you can, especially it's, it's one of the areas where it's a little easier to do the work yourself too. Yeah, that, that's true. Now, uh, you being a realty expert, John, uh, you know, lenders and, and all these different types of, of people involved with having to buy or sell a home, but um, do they ever ask you, you know, any good landscapers and, and, and you do have a list? Yep. I've got a list of pretty much any, uh, any vendor that, we would interact with i've got somebody for it okay yeah. okay just tell, just tell adam to get over there <laughs> yeah <laughs> he likes to do that kind of work doesn't he yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess <laughs> um anything else you want to hit on today john um no that was pretty much it you know the, the market is seasonal it's hard to time it but if you're a situation where you're selling and you're moving out of the area you can take advantage of this if if it's a situation where you're a first-time home buyer and you don't have a house that you have to sell you can take advantage of this you know anybody else who's going to be a move up home buyer? Um, it's just something to take note of uh, because it's going to affect what your experience is like. You know, depending on the time of year, uh, finding you know, in some times of year it's going to be really easy to sell your house, and it's going to be a little harder to find the right house. Other times of year, it's going to be really easy to find the right house, a little harder to sell your house. That's why you got to talk to me to know what of uh, you know what challenges you're in for, so we can make the appropriate strategy. And, and when you you're thinking about doing this, get a hold of you. A couple of months prior yes uh and get taken care of a lot of these things that we have talked about every time you're on the show and if somebody wants to get a hold of realty expert john brodine how do they do that john 701-213-5428 call or text me hey uh good luck this weekend down yeah. in sioux falls man uh go beat some people up all right <laughs> and uh hopefully you'll send us some pictures i'll well, I'll give you the videos. Better All right. Better. Perfect. There you go. Your second of your bi-weekly Berkshire Hathaway podcasts. And again, uh, thanks to realty expert John Brodeen for coming in and uh, wish him luck. Uh, he's going to go beat some people up this weekend. So uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Love having the Berkshire Hathaway realty experts in here on GFBS. GFBS.